America is in trouble. We've turned our backs on God, forsaking our history, and too easily succumb to tyrannical orders. Our problem seems overwhelming, but the solution is simple. It's time we return to the Lord in strict adherence to the Constitution of the United States. Welcome to the Constitution Solution, one podcast under God. We're your hosts, Mark Deluzio and Christy Tyrone. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Constitution Solution, one podcast under God. I'm Mark Deluzio and my partner in crime, Christy Tyrone. How are you doing today, Christy? I'm pretty good. What are you going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about the Stamp Act of 1765. And while going over it, we will talk about my personal interest in this era. We'll talk about the go over the the timeline of events, the general um, history that happened within that year. And then we will um, discuss why this part of history is um, relevant to us in America today. And this was the spark, correct? I mean, the Stamp Act was like, you know... And one of the parallels I like to make, well, maybe we'll make it a little bit later about uh, the abuses back then versus how we're being abused today by our government in the taxing arena. Uh, but maybe we'll save that for commentary at the end of the po- uh, end of the episode. But yeah, let's take it away. So stamp back. Okay, awesome. Uh, can't wait to hear this one. Yeah, and like you said, this is kind of the spark that really. Um got the i guess the spirit of rebellion riled up among the colonists and right, um, right. the um unity too which we'll we'll get into when the col- the colonies really united for the first time um during this so yeah we'll go over all of that but first um like i said i want to go over my personal interest in this era because as i've mentioned before i'm a historical fiction author mm-hmm. and um i've i'm working on a series of books about the American Revolution and when I when I first started writing it I was just going to do one book and just like kind of try to cover a lot of ground and then all of a sudden you know as I dug into the research I was like a thousand pages in and we hadn't even got to the Boston Tea Party so I was like oh well I guess I'll do a series (laughs) there's just so much that happened in the history before we even declared independence and so the first book in this series is about the Stamp Act, and there was enough that happened within that one year for me to make one book of it. Um, the series is called Between Liberty and Death, which we all know the battle cry, you know, give me liberty or give me death. And so with my story, I just really wanted to cover like the life in between the battles, what happened with, you know, um, kind of more like the civil disputes that happen and um, also just how um, this turmoil affected just the common man and, and their, and, you know, the regular family and their daily lives. So anyways, the first book in the series between Liberty and death is called, Oh, the fatal stamp, because that was one of the cries from a news press that was um, upset about the stamp act. So I thought that was a kind of a fun headliner to pick up for the title. Um, so anyways, that's um, the gist of my personal interest and where I got all my information from was while studying to write that book. Christy, by the way, your first book, you know, <laughs> what what I like about your books is, uh, or your book that I had on that first one you had is um, you, you bring, you make it fun, right? You, 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 it, you're, you're putting the history into a story. It's not just 
regurgitation of a bunch of demographics, right? So it actually yes. makes it enjoyable reading, but also very educational as well. Yeah, that's well why I love historical fiction. It just yeah. it makes it more engaging when you can really relate with the people and how they felt about everything. And um, yeah, that's what's by the fun way, your your series, your book series is probably going to go on forever. I don't know how long you plan on living, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but like you and I, you and I talk about this pod, this podcast, and there is just so much to cover. And we're trying to start out with some of the fundamentals and basics, but as we move forward, this thing gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And the more, and, the, and I think I'm pretty darn knowledgeable, and so are you, on the Constitution, except for there's so much I didn't know, and, and there's so much that as you research one thing, I think it's going to be kind of a layup, to phrase a basketball term, you find out five other tentacles of what that's all about, and all of a sudden, before you know it, it's unbelievably interesting and unbelievably fascinating how our country was founded and the genius of the founding fathers. And one of the things I was thinking about the other day was we should take the time to pick some of the notable people out of history and just do an episode on each one of them, like Jefferson, Franklin. My favorite were Franklin, I think I mentioned on a previous episode, was he invented the granny claw. To me, that's like his most famous accomplishment okay but then even some of our tyrants like Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson we talked about last time okay we should do a whole thing on them I just learned some things about Wilson the other day that is scary okay which you know we'll save for another episode but anyway this thing just evolves and evolves and evolves anyway turn it back to you on stamp act and we'll kind of go but from there it's so true. Lear learning is fun and, and our his history is fun. And the more you delve in, the more exciting it gets. And you realize how it all intertwines and crosses over. And as we'll cover in the end of this episode, um, all of that history matters to us now and, yep. you know, gives us tools to go forward. And um, nobody ever said teacher teachers can't learn. Right. So that's right. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, right. so now let's go over the sh um, the timeline of events during the Stamp Act era. So um, obviously we'll just go briefly, we'll go way back to like the Mayflower coming over in 1620. We all kind of know that um, those that era of founding fathers came over for religious liberty. And um, we'll, uh, throughout the series of the show, talk a lot more about that because that's such a, the building blocks of that are huge and everything else that happens. Um, but then that, that um, a republic form of government came from the studies of those, uh, the pilgrims and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so by the time we get up to the Stamp Act, we are about 100, 150 years into Christian nation building. And so we have a pretty strong, um, local governments, uh, people are very involved, uh, and, you know, families are growing, and the, the society is pretty strong, you would say, after, I mean, started off pretty rough, and a lot of people had to suffer and die to even get to that point, right? Right. But now, um, we got towns, and we have churches, and, and um, shops, and we're, we're com commercing with, you know, um, you know, we're still Great Britain at the time, but getting things back and forth from them and we have um the caribbean islands and so trade was a really big part of the success then so um all that kind of <laughs> gets a little rough when we get into the french and indian war which um, was a territorial war with great britain and france over the land here um, the goal was to 
um, expand westward afterwards for Great Britain. And so a lot of the colonists um, put their lives on the line to fight that war. And um, but of course, once again, a lot of people died and were injured and, you know, suffered the costs of war as always. And when Great Britain won the war, um, one, they decided not to go westward after all. So that's like the line of proclamation. They're like, no, no, we're just going to stay here. And everybody else on the other side of the Appalachian Mountains was just kind of out. They're like, you're on your own. Um, so a lot of the colonists were upset about that. But <laughs> they also got, um, were very unhappy about the Stamp Act tax, which was Great Britain intended to tax the colonists to cover the war debt incurred from that war. So these guys are like, we just fought and died and are limping around now. Um, we've paid enough. We don't want to pay this tax, too. And You're saying that the Stamp Act, Christy, was <clears throat> at least the excuse to tax the colonies yeah. was to recover the costs from that war. That war, yes. Yeah, okay. Was... Yeah. And uh, it, it's amazing how <clears throat> even today we come up with all kinds of excuses to tax people. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yeah. that, was, that was their excuse then. And they... I think word had gotten into the colonies prior that it was going to happen. So people were like kind of worried about it. Um, the stamp act itself was written up and finalized in March of 1765. Um, but the official document didn't get to the colonies until May of 1765. And that just kind of goes to show the distance, which is a constant problem during this struggle is that, the governing body is so far away and so by the time they get it it's like already been you know decided and here you are and this is what you're going to deal with um, one, of the, one of the problems i think you go back to the whole you know taxation without representation this timeline was a kind of a big deal because it would take six months if the king or parliament decided to respond <laughs> It was a mm -hmm. six-month deal, and and so uh, there was no no real representation from that. I think out of not only the mechanics of the transportation and the time lag, but also the indifference that the king showed to the colonies in a lot of respects. But again, more about that later. But uh, uh, yeah, it's it was kind of a big deal. Well, and the indifference that you're talking about is kind of the next um, event here, because mm -hmm. uh, in Virginia, the legislative body put together this stamp act resolutions um they they put together five points to say that like this isn't fair this isn't cool and it's um we have no representation and i think that's kind of when the you know no taxation so, representation so idea I, I did a, a we did a, a, a an episode on nullification i don't know if we did it already or it's coming up but you know maybe that was the first evidence of nullification when you get right oh boy okay oh yeah we'll get it. there yeah, yeah. okay one of my favorite things about this this part. Um, okay, so Virginia sends the the resolution, and um, of course nobody cared. Um, yeah. So let's see, distance. Okay. Oh, let's talk about what's in the Stamp Act and why it was so upsetting. Um, this tax was going to put a the stamp tax was on every piece of paper that was being used, and so. <laughs> Therefore, it affected every class of people. 
And so whether you were rich or poor or wherever in the middle, you had to use paper. And so you were affected by this tax, which is part of what really builds the unity in the fight. And um, some of the things that were taxed, I mean, the list is so long. I actually have the the part one of the Stamp Act printed out in the back of my book. So um, any of the founding documents I referenced are going to be in the back. So you have a little, anybody who buys my books can have a little library of American history there. But some of the things were um, loan docs, uh, land deeds, survey papers, graduation certificates, bill of sale, charters, newspapers, cards, dice, wine labels. I mean, anything that you could think of that was on paper was going to be taxed. Um, so everybody's upset. Nobody likes it. We have no representation. However, everybody was so staunch against it that they started they spent the summer then kind of planning what are we going to do to resist this tyranny and um so we have our first outward rebellion in august in boston there was a a, a little riot happened um and they ended up getting this the guy that was going to collect the the taxes decided not to after the um, uproar there. Um, and then we have throughout the colonies thereafter, um, that was the only incident that I could see that had some kind of property damage. Nobody was hurt, but there was property damage. Um, all the other acts following um, didn't go that way. It was just more vocal. It was more telling the tax, anybody that was taking the job as a tax man, the colonists were like, no, don't do it. Don't do this to us. You're a traitor. You love money more than your country. And they would just kind of, you know, address their grievances, at least to their local guy, uh, to the point where um, by the time the act was in effect in, in November, nobody was willing to collect the tax. Hmm. So there was no way to do it. And Chrissy, did I understand, too, through my research, I seem to recall that even newspapers, every page of a newspaper was subjected to the tax as well. Is that true? I yeah. Think, I think I newspapers like every single piece that was printed. Yeah. Or pro yeah. Probably. Well, though, I, I think I read somewhere they... that it was, it was every single page of a newspaper, 10 page newspaper would be taxed in that regard. And, and, you know, I think the British blew it. What they should have done is just taxed all the trees. The trees themselves go straight to the source. Wouldn't it have been easier than have to count yeah. all that paper? <laughs> um, and I do, since you brought up the newspapers, I have a, a news clipping from the Pennsylvania Journal and Weekly Advertiser, mm -hmm. where this is where the Oh, the Fatal stamp comes from. They made this cool little, um, like a, a stamp with a skull and crossbones on it. It says, Oh, the Fatal stamp. <laughs> um, and the, the headline is, uh, The times are dreadful, dismal, doleful. Dollarous and dollar less, and he goes on to explain as this as this newspaper itself is not going to be able to remain in existence with the burden of this tax, and so they were lamenting the loss of their life well, there livelihood. Well, well, there you go, there you go. Yeah. Um. Okay. Oh, and then back in October, I jumped ahead to November. Back in October, um, the colonies all got together. Um, not sorry, nine of the thirteen, and um. I have a list of which ones, but I don't have it right in front of me here. But anyways, nine of the 13 got together and they sent delegates and they got, they were like, Hey, we need to, to stand together to say no. 
And this was the first time that the colonies united like that because they were all very separate. They had their own governments. There was no uniting tie. They were not the United States, even the United Colonies. There was really no roadways between them. And they did connect by harbor and, and with trade, but um, they were almost just like different little little countries almost that were all, however, attached to Great Britain. So the outrage over the Stamp Act is what first drew them together to make their first Congress. And they wrote, I think it's 13-point grievance. Um, I just want to read the, the intro to it just to kind of show the tone that these guys were using toward their beloved king. Um, it says, the members of this Congress sincerely devoted with the warmest sentiments of affection and duty to his majesty's person and government. And then just that, like, they they love their king. They were like, hey, this isn't nice. We don't like this, but we do appreciate you. So, um, you know, they weren't just coming at it like, you know, slinging mud and talking trash. Um, the whole thing is very reasonable and very much just addressing their concerns and wanting to make it clear uh, as to how this hurt them. So come November, like I said, nobody is willing to... Um, do the stamp duty. There's no stamp collectors to be found. There are um, the harbors. The the colonists um, kind of blockaded the harbors in a way that the, they couldn't even bring the stamps off the ships into town. So the whole operation just became in, ineffective. Uh, let's see. And then I have a few more quotes about um, just to kind of what the, the founders thought about it. Um, we have Maurice Moore, um, who is a justice of policy and taxing the American colonies from North Carolina. He just kind of goes on about how we, we have no representation. Um, and if we did, we would say no. Um, Daniel Delaney from Maryland. Um, but the inhabitants in the colonies have no share in this great council. Uh, Benjamin Church from, let's see, where's he from? Connecticut. He says, oh, freemen of the colonies of Connecticut, stand fast in the liberties granted you by your royal charter. Plead the injustice of any means that infringe upon you by curtailing the rights and privileges once given you freely. Um, so all together, and this is from different colonies, as you see, they all didn't like it. Even George Washington didn't like it from Virginia, he wrote about how um, this was a direful attack upon um, their liberties. Uh, John Adams said that if this authority is once acknowledged and established, the ruin of America will be inevitable. So between, oh, go ahead. You know, you know, you know, it's interesting. You're talking 1765, right? Yes. And of course, we declared our independence in 1776. Mm -hmm. During that time, we petitioned the King King George III on numerous occasions about our grievances. Matter of fact, it's right in the declaration that calls out that we how we did that. So you're talking over a decade of us, you know, giving them a shot, okay, saying, Hey, look, we want you to talk to us, we want you to help us, you know, we want you to work with us. And the boiling point then was, you know. Uh, okay, it's you're not listening to us. We're not being represented. You're continuing to infringe on our liberties. 
and uh, we have no choice but to declare our independence. And that's so it, it wasn't like this. I think I think the, the the colonies gave England a pretty fair shot to, you know, to work together. And there's more to that, I would say. But the timeline is pretty amazing because, you know, the Stamp Act, I think, is what got it going. And then, you know, during this next, you know, 10, 11 years, we're sitting there saying, hey, we're trying to work with you, man. We're trying to. And, and, and they did not care. They didn't want to do that. They turned a deaf ear, which is why we ended up with a representative government to your previous uh, episode that you did. Okay. The representative government is how we voice our grievances and, and, and everything to our government. Albeit now, though, with the fourth branch of government that we talked about, uh, of course, that's kind of been watered down and there's more to that. But I just found the timeline being an interesting thing to look at here and how we didn't just, you know, knee jerk reaction have this be the one that set off the whole thing. Although it did spark it, you know, and, and if it wasn't for that, I don't think that that cooperation that you talked about would have perhaps happened. Yeah, it really is like like those quotes I just read were just, I mean, a minuscule amount of the many I found. Right, right. And nobody was decrying independence. Nobody was saying we want out of here. You know, they were just like, let's work this out. And we love the king and we love Great Britain and we want to work together we want things to be fair and right um and let's see oh and then on that note uh the closest thing we got to any for, sort of representation would have been with ben, benjamin franklin was over in london um during this it was the february of 1766 so by this time you know nobody's collecting the taxes it's kind of become unenforceable great britain is so frustrated they're like what are we going to do and so they ask benjamin franklin like how can we get and it's really cool i have the whole um article here which i think I, this is also in the back of the book um it's a, Q, a question and answer a little q a back and forth transcript of this discussion with parliament and they're like what can we do to like get these guys you know on board and he's benjamin franklin was like nothing they're creative they're going to make their own stuff they're because you know by now they're boycotting also they're like we're just not going to do buy british goods we're not gonna we're going to find our ways around this overbearing tax right so he's like yeah nothing they're they're creative they're going to find their way to um get by without your your stuff um and then at one point the parliament asked him um what 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 if we if we show up there to go try to like physically enforce this are we going to find a rebellion and or you know is there going to be a rebellion and um benjamin franklin said they will not find a rebellion but they might make one <laughs> so pretty cool like like he was just saying they're not trying to fight with you about this they're not trying to cause a problem but you might go force the issue and we'll see how that goes but yeah, they're not over there once again throwing mud at you. They just want things to be fair. They just want representation. Well, and that's well, the, the whole other, taxation the thing, without representation. Yeah, the other thing that happened, Christy, was, okay, so if they were to be represented, it would have been Parliament, okay? Mm -hmm. But the King George III circumvented Parliament and enacted all these 
tyrannical transgressions on the colonies on his own. A lot of these things he did on his own. He did not go to parliament and pass legislation, you know. So not only weren't they not being represented in the traditional sense, they weren't being represented at all because you basically had a tyrannical leader here in King George that was making all these calls, okay, which really gave founding to the three branches of government and the checks and balances, okay, that you didn't want to secure power in any one branch or any one individual. So the Stamp Act had such an amazing impact on the founding of our country in that regard because of the 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 things that they saw. And, you know, when you look at the Declaration of Independence, there are 27 grievances that they listed on King George, not on Parliament, on King George. Yep. They, they call him out specifically in the mm -hmm. Declaration. Mm -hmm. By name, okay, and and you know, so that that was an unbelievable, uh, I guess, fortunate if you want to think about it, that that founded this whole three branch checks and control, checks and balances, uh, with with that. So you know, so they really weren't being represented in the most egregious way because it was just the king and him alone that was making all these uh, all these calls. Yeah, because early on here, like this one was done through Parliament, and then I think there's a, a few more acts that come down the pipe that are more Parliament represented. But then, yeah, eventually, as things heat up, the king really starts overreaching and yeah. um, just, you know, usurping the power in every way imaginable and becoming the executor, the legislator, and the judge, like, all in one um, as things go on. So we have, so that's just like a basic, you know, idea of how things happen. Um, finally, uh, shortly after their talk with Benjamin Franklin and kind of realizing how serious the colonists were, um, March 1766, uh, they repeal. The Stamp Act is repealed. And they just realized this is unenforceable. It's not going to work. It's just, it's impossible to do. So we're just going to not do it. <laughs> um so um, that and then once again, word gets to the colonies uh, in May. So like I said, we're about a good two months apart one way. Right. Um, so then everybody celebrates the colonists. We're so happy. And they got together under um, what is later called the Liberty Tree, a big elm tree in in Boston. And they hung the lanterns and kind of partied all night under the the, the glowing lantern light. And every night more lanterns were added. And, you know, the churches were ringing their bells and the people were gathering and everybody was happy. Um, and that's actually on the cover of my book. You'll see the lanterns hanging from the Liberty tree. That's the image I, I chose for the, the cover. Cause I, and then the Liberty tree is going to continue to be a meeting place and um, just a, a special spot for the um, sons of Liberty as the rebellion builds. There's actually going to be a few times where the Redcoats chop down Liberty trees throughout different colonies. So it's just, it's going to be a fun thing to follow as my series goes on with, with the Liberty trees. But anyways, so um, this is a perfect picture. This, this is where we'll now get into how, why this matters to us today. The Stamp Act Rebellion, as some like to call it, is the perfect pitch, picture of peaceful non-compliance. And that's what I think we really need to look at today and um, see how we can get our point across when we're dealing with a tyrannical government 
without hurting people, without, you know, breaking windows, without causing a whole fuss, we should be able to, especially after what our founding fathers structured as our, our government following all of this, like we have freedom of speech, we have the right to assemble the, the things that are in place now make it super easy for us to um, stand up and make tyrannical orders unenforceable. <laughs> Yet, like, like you were kind of saying in the beginning, there is way more tyranny being forced on us now than this, you know, measly little stamp act. Yet they were so much bolder against this small thing than we currently are against way bigger offenses to our liberty. Big time. Big time. Well, yeah. you know, I think you and I talked about this in episode six on nullification. When you go back, mm -hmm. if people would go back and listen to that episode, you know, it is not only our our right to nullify unconstitutional acts; it's our duty, mm -hmm. and 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 that's even spelled out in the Declaration of Independence. Mm -hmm. Okay, where 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 you know Jefferson. Jefferson basically wrote that uh, whenever any form of government becomes destructive in these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. And, you know, one of the grievances was these unrepresented taxation. He called it, I'll read it right here. I think I have it right here in front of us. For imposing taxes on us without our consent. Okay. Um, so, these are the grievances that were spelled out in the, in the declaration of independence. And thank God that they did grieve us because I could not imagine what this country would be like today. If we did not declare independence and what we'd be sitting here as, um, or would we, would we be sitting here, you know? So, yeah. You know, a long we've yeah, been here I mean, since yeah absolutely and as much as you know things are doleful and all the all the things he listed in that newspaper ad earlier um the the mechanisms are still there to make things better you know um we still have our rights and those come from god so we have we have our god-given rights no matter what the government's doing and i was just I would love to see more American citizens learn these things, get excited about these things, kind of get empowered by the 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 freedoms offered by our structure of government, the ability to stand up and speak up and say no to tyranny. It's it's funny. It's just kind of simple. Just say no. No, that's like, like my favorite episode. You did the the nullification, because if we just make these things unenforceable, they can't and I think the close, there's a lot of things we can go over in our history where the government overreaches, which that's an unfortunately large file there. But, you know, the biggest thing lately is just, you know, the, the COVID tyranny that happened and the the mandates and the, the pressure that was put on people and the lockdowns and just horrible stuff that happened. And a lot of people, an unfortunate number of people just kind of said, okay, we'll just shut our businesses. Okay. We'll just, you know, not go outside. We'll just not hug our families. It was really sad to see how many people just cooperated. However, there also were a large number of people, not big enough, but there was a good number of people 
that did keep their businesses open anyways. There were churches that stayed open no matter what. There were families that still gathered. There were protests that happened. You know, uh, there was reopened the state things where people got together and were like, hey, this is America. What are you doing? Um, one day I would love to do an episode on the heroes of that, you know, era that we've lived through. But with that looking, comparing and the Stamp Act era to 2020, <laughs> you know, um, you can really see what they did right. And in a lot of ways, you can see what we did wrong. And um, there's so much to be learned for next time. Because <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think the overreaching of government is behind us. Um, and and with that, and keeping that in mind as we go forward, I want to read a, a final quote here from the John Dickinson. He did a whole essay in 1765 and 66, a whole series of essays called Letters from a Farmer. And this quote is just, it's my favorite from the whole stack of quotes that I read. Um, he said, the Stamp Act, therefore, is to be regarded only as an experiment of your disposition. If you quietly bend your necks to that yoke, you prove yourselves ready to receive any bondage to which your lords and masters shall please to subject you. Hmm. Just, they're going to see how much they can get away with. Well, they're going to see what you'll put up with. Well, do you think, though, then that uh, we failed when, with COVID in that regard? I think, in a, I think on a large scale, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, as the the overwhelming majority of America failed, um, the few that stood up did make a difference locally and you know in their communities. But on the overall scope, um, uh, most people waited till the government gave them their freedom back, and that was really sad to see. And it wasn't theirs to give. <laughs> yeah, it was never theirs. Our first episode, we talked about the Constitution. The government does not give us our rights, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The Constitution is restraining the government from from taking our rights. That's right. They don't have rights to give, mm -hmm. you know. And you know, as we talk about this, Christy, you know, the why you and I are doing this, right? This whole podcast on the Constitution is to educate people, you know, and to educate them on what their rights are, and why we're so special as a country. No, we're not Sweden. No, we're not England. No, we're not pick a country, okay? We are a unique, still an experiment, but a unique experiment that I really believe is starting to crumble because of a lot of things that we've already discussed on this podcast and will continue to discuss. And and I, I am fearful, you know, I mean, I'm... I'm going to be 67 years old in December, and uh, you know I got a few years left, maybe. Uh, but I'm I'm fearful for your children, my children, my grandkids, and I should say, and and their kids, right? And we are just not educated. We don't think that we think that executive orders are law. You know, we're going to do a whole episode on that. Um, we think that you know anything that the government says. We have to do. And the whole notion of the Tenth Amendment, in such that, you know, if, if it's not enumerated in the Constitution, basically 
if the power is not given to the government by the people, in a sense, it's left to the states or to the people. Okay. Yep. And so that's why so many things that we do relative to the enumerated powers, which we had an, an episode on already, there's 17 of them, are outside the bounds of the enumerated powers, which mm -hmm. are translated into all these unconstitutional agencies, what we call the fourth branch of government, uh, or some people call them the three-letter agencies, where the executive, the, the executive branch creates, you know, controls these agencies, and these regulations have the power of law, which means that the executive branch, and again, I still like to you know, parrot Rush Limbaugh, the executive branch is the president for those of you in Rio Linda. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. You know, the president writes law. Yeah. And goodbye checks and balances. That's the problem we've got today and where most of our freedoms are being taken away. When the president stands up there and says, I'm going to spend your money, taxpayer money, although he didn't phrase it that way, on tuition reimbursement, and everybody opined, I couldn't believe the people even with a little bit more knowledge, opined when they said, yeah, I think it's about time they paid our my education. Or others said, hey, I paid my own way through. Uh, why should they get paid? What about me? Uh, or I didn't go to college, so why should somebody else get that money? You know, those are the wrong arguments. The argument that should have been made was, number one, Congress controls the purse, not the president. Okay. So it's unconstitutional in that regard. And two, it's an unconstitutional spend to begin with. Okay. So that's the only argument we should be making on these things, not justify. Because once you start justifying why you think something like this is good or bad, you've basically given them a hall pass to say, yeah, it's okay that you opine, Mr. President, and you're going to spend my money on something that you shouldn't, you're not allowed to. You, you basically gave him the, the, the permission to do so, okay? By just yep. arguing whether the merits of the crazy idea he has. Don't even we argue just... the merits. Don't even argue the merits. Just go back and say, hey, look, it's unconstitutional. Yep. No matter how much Straight you like it, point. it's unconstitutional. Done. No yep. more argument. I'm not doing it. Okay, done. I'm done. Just say no. <laughs> just, well, like, just, just the, say no. Now, the, the crazy the, thing oh. is, and, okay. <laughs> one of the, the battle cries during the Stamp Act Rebellion was the simple um, liberty, property, no stamp tax. Liberty, property, no stamp tax. Just like the key things like that later make America, right? It's like ever God-given liberty, we have private property, and don't overtax us without representation like and that's that's the structure of everything that we're working to hold together now right and it's just such a simple statement just like just say no just liberty property no overbearing taxes like kind of just leave us alone you know get out of our business and the fact that everybody's so political now and so concerned with what's going on politically is because it's getting harder to ignore because they've overreached in every facet of our lives where they just don't belong. So we got to work on kicking them out little by little. We don't even understand how badly we're overtaxed. We, <laughs> yeah. And we will, we will get, I will guarantee you on a future episode, we're going to do that math. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'll, we'll find out how much of our tax bill every year 
is unconstitutional that we have to spend to the government. So anyway, Christy. Yeah. Stamp that's... Act. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Nice job. Uh, let's we'll pick this up again down the line. And I'm sure there's all kinds of other things that come off of this that we're going to be talking about. See, there's not one subject when you talk about the Constitution. It, they're all interrelated. Everything's interrelated. It's it's a very complex thing, but it's it's it, but it's also a very simple document. What do you say? Forty five hundred words, and mm -hmm. in in, a, in an unbelievable document written by mostly by Madison, and uh, I mean everybody had their hand in it. But uh, it's 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 an interesting endeavor around here. So I thank you very much, Christy. We'll see you next time. This was, what did I say this was? Episode 10, I think it was. Yep. Episode 10, 10 Stamp Act. And mm -hmm. we will uh, move on to the next episode and we'll see you guys later. So God bless you, Christy. God bless America. And uh, we'll see you next time. May, you, may America bless God. Ah. Mm -hmm. Turn it I'll around. Go, <laughs> I'll go for that. Yeah. I will go for that because that's missing, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, kiddo. We'll see you next time. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Constitution Solution, one podcast under God. You can find other episodes on our website at 1787solution.com, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're your hosts, Christy Tyrone and Mark Deluzio. Until next time, may God bless you and may God bless America.